With Pat Steinberg on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour. It is Friday, October 20th. Flames Talk on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Pat Steinberg along with you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. And it is time for the Eric Francis Hour, brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing is back every Saturday and Sunday at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. Post on 1245. Visit thehorses.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. And look who we found. Somewhere, somewhere in a ditch between Buffalo and Columbus. Eric Francis of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Hello, franchise. How are you, my man? Oh, did you make it to the hotel? I made it to the hotel, but it wasn't easy. We'll uh, we'll dive into that a little bit later on. on there. <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing? Planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's uh, it's been a long road trip already. This is uh, game four tonight in Columbus, and uh, the travel's easy-ish <laughs> out east. As you know, it's pretty uh, hop, skip, and a jump between cities, but... Uh, you know, I think it's been good for the guys. They're spending lots of time together. Uh, I do agree with the thought that they're getting better every single game, all four games. I mm-hmm. think we've seen progression, and uh, and and you know, and I'm behaving myself on the road. It's fun. Ooh, that's the that's the best part. I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad that you've been well behaved. <laughs> I was very very worried about that. Um, yeah. What what have you just? Uh, your, your overall, you mentioned it. You know, kind of they they've gotten better in all three of these games. You go back to the Pittsburgh game and how it got away on them, and then they didn't allow it to get away on them to the same extent in Washington, and they didn't let them let it get away on them at all in uh, in Buffalo. Just overall, your your thoughts on this trip so far, and and some of your observations. Well, you know, I. I think it was just so appropriate that the team was one, one, and one after three because I, you know, that just speaks to where they're at right now. No one really knows. They're middle of the road. They're 500. They're, they're beige. They're, you know, any descriptor you want to use, it's like middle of the pack. You don't. No one really knows if they're going to move up or down or, or if they're just right in the middle where this team has been for 20 years. And uh, and I think we might be asking that question all year long, uh, but uh, you know, I I think that. The progress they've made the last two games, they certainly deserved a better fate in Washington. And, you know, last game even, it was close, but they they got stopped on a couple breakaways. I mean, I this team is, like I said, they're starting to play more to what this coach wants them to play. And, and all of us are asking the question, what is that? You know, what is this team? And, uh, you know, I, I'm starting to see some signs of what I think this team is going to be all about. Uh, but we'll have to just wait and see because every game is, uh, you know, every game just shows us a little bit yeah. more about what these teams are all about. But I will say the one thing that I, you know, I think is very obvious to, to me is this is just a. It's, I, I think this team is devoid of superstars, but it is just a well-rounded, deep roster. Like with the fourth line playing really well right now, I think that they're all four lines right now are are, are you know. It's a good, solid test for any team who's going to play the Calgary Flames because they come at you in waves, I guess is one way well, I'll say it. And, and that, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk 
coming into the season about okay, like what are what is this Flames team? What is their identity? What what are they going to be this year? And and I don't think that we know that definitively as of yet, but that's that's part of their identity, is it not? Just that whole idea that, you know, they're they're not a team that's gonna have one superstar takeover. They're not a team that's gonna have one guy take them on their back on uh any given night. It's gonna have to be by committee when they're playing well. Everybody's gonna have to be pulling in the, the same direction and, and doing so effectively. And that's going to allow on any given night, one or two guys to stand out from the rest, but there's never going to be a night where you're like, okay, they really need Johnny Gaudreau to take this game over or Matthew Kachuk is going to do something crazy. And, and that's going to be the catalyst in this hockey game. They're they're, they're They very much are a team that are, that their success comes from their depth and their success comes from their depth playing well. Yeah, and it's interesting to hear other coaches. When with every city we go into, we always ask the other coach, "Hey, you know what? What do you see from this Flame team before you face them? What you know? What are you kind of thinking they're all about? What What are you worried about? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses?" And you know, one of the first things they always mention is the defense, right? I mean, we all know that that that's not in question. This is a deep defensive core. Um, when you've got Chris Tanev playing, you know, the quote-unquote third pairing mm-hmm. uh, to kind of help along their six defensemen, like that's that's pretty deep. And uh, I think most teams would trade their 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 six defensemen for the Flames any day. And so that's that's been a strength, and I think it, you know, that's something that they all point out. And then after that, it's kind of the compete. That's one thing they've been seeing with what little video they have of this team as they come in. They all talk about the compete, and you know, I kind of bounced this theory off Huska this morning. You know, what I seem to start thinking, like, this team along the wall is really, really good. Like, I'll give you an example. I think it's almost symbolic. Like, Matt Coronado, everybody knows he's, you know, who follows the team, knows he's he's got a world-class shot, a world-class finish, his stats in junior and in, in college point to that. But what he's really showing a lot of is, man, that guy works hard along the boards, digs out a lot of pucks, and is quite effective at it. He's He's not just your prima donna finisher. Get me the puck and I'll finish it. Uh, like I would say, like a Patrick Line maybe comes to mind, uh, and that'll be something we'll watch tonight uh, as he tries out center. But yeah, but but, but I just I just think these these guys are the most important thing is is going out there and and winning puck battles, and it's not sexy and it doesn't get you headlines, but it can win you games. And I I, I really think that this club along the boards is really really that's one of their strengths, and they go out in the corners led by guys like Backlund and Coleman. Uh, and Coronado and that fourth line, they, those guys are digging out pucks all night long. And and the winning goal last night really kind of emphasizes my point. Dylan Dubé goes and pays a big price, takes a stick in the face, gets the puck to Kadri. Kadri gets it to Rizitska. Rizitska scores the game-winning goal. But it all starts with Dubé winning a, like a real impressive puck battle in the in the corner and paying the price. Yeah. Well, and they they definitely have gotten some solid contributions from some of the guys they need. Have you have you uh w- we saw Vladar start for the first time in Buffalo. Markstrom started the first 3 games. Have you have you seen what you've you've needed to see from this team's goaltending in the early going? Uh work in progress. You know, I mean, they haven't had a really horrible night. I mean, obviously there was that bad third period in Pittsburgh. Listen, there's a stat that I'll probably trot out on the broadcast tonight. I, you know, Markstrom right now leads the league, you know, again, three starts, but 27 of 29 high danger scoring chances he's stopped. Um, that's a that's an interesting stat. I that's impressive. Yeah, he had that real bad one in the first game and and he had the four in the third period against Pittsburgh, but 
man, he's he's made some real solid saves in some real high danger chances. And and when it comes to Vladar, I just want to kind of preface. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but he was supposed to start on Monday, yep. and he came down sick. And I can tell you that after the game, I heard him talking to the trainer, and he's like, "My body is just a mess right now." I mean, he is he is dealing still with the aftermath of a flu. And last night he wasn't really feeling it, but he still got the win. And like that's that's there. The boys in the room know that he played pretty hurt last night and they're all real impressed with the way he battled especially after those first two goals they were not good goals like those were not he afterwards said those were brutal like i gotta have both of those but he battled in the third period when they needed him most he made some big stops yeah. so i i i think that you know so far the goaltending definitely gets a passing grade it's definitely something people will be watching all year long and uh, we'll see tonight. Like Markstrom's got this ridiculous record against Columbus, yep. as most goalies I think in the world <laughs> who've played in the league in the last 15 years have. But like it's it's just the, the numbers are sick, and so the recipe for him to have some more success tonight is is right there. Yeah. The uh, well, and we were talking about this a little bit on on Thursday as getting ready for Vladar's first start. You're like, you know. Much as Markstrom needs to have a better year, so does Dan Vladar, and and you know you can't have him sub nine hundred in however many games he starts. And the one thing that I kept on saying is, if if he doesn't get off to a strong start, and if he his first few starts are really shaky and they don't pick up the right result, like how much louder is that Dustin Wolf conversation going to get? How much louder is it going to get externally? How much louder is it going to get internally? It's already loud enough, even as the season has started. So the very least. Vladar got him the win and really settled in as the game went along. You're right. I thought he was Buffalo played their best in the third period and, and Vladar did a nice job of, of shutting the door in that third period. I thought. Yeah. And I, I think you nailed it. Like you could just tell talking to Vladar after the game last night, they, this was big for him. He needed this for, for his own confidence. He needed it for the confidence of fans who are all talking about Dustin Wolf. He needed to prove to management that, you know, I'm going to be a solid goaltender here. Um, if you're going to trade me, you might be losing a really good goalie. There's a lot going on there. And so the relief on his face after the game was significant, and he spoke to that. And, uh, yeah, big big win for a guy who's going to be under an intense spotlight with every single one of his starts. Yep. And, like, we don't expect him to have more than, like, 15 starts this year. I don't know, 20, because I'm assuming that Wolf's going to get 8 or 10 in there. Some t- I don't know. We None of us know. But the point is, every start is going to be crucial for Dan Vladar. We're talking to Eric Francis. It's the Eric Francis Hour on Flames Talk. Every Friday, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast, And, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, who do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Rizicka? You want to talk about Sharon Govich in that fourth line? You want to talk about Huberdo? Where do you want to go? Well, Rosicka is interesting to me because, you know, uh, like I've been saying for a long time here, dating back to Penticton, like these guys really want to give him at least a good 20 games in that top six role. And so far, so good, right? Yep. I mean, he's got four points in four games. He's got game, goals in consecutive games, including the game winner last night. But not just that, you know, uh, you know, he's got moved to that first power play unit last night in exchange for Coronado. And I, I was saying on the broadcast, like, this is not, you know, I, I can just almost hear people going, oh, my God, Coronado, you got to can't take him off the top unit. This is, Mark Savard just really wants a big body in front. Like, you look at, like, Tampa Bay, who's got one of the best power plays in the league. They've got Nick Paul in front of the net. You know, like, you need that guy. 
And and they see Rosichka as that guy. And when I asked Rosichka about it, he kind of looked down at me yesterday, and he goes, "Well, as you can see, I'm a very big, yes, I have a, I I have a very big yesterday. body." Did you hear that? Yeah, it was quite yeah. funny. Uh, he almost said it like Schwarzenegger talking to someone. And uh, <laughs> he is a massive man. He really is six foot four, like two fifteen, two twenty. And uh, I thought he created a couple really good scoring chances on the power play last night. So that is a huge relief for this organization. If he can keep it up. Now, we again, we've seen flashes. Can he be consistent? That's obviously the question. But the coach is happy so far four games in that this guy's been skating, moving his feet, and doing the right things to show them that, that he belongs in that top six. And while he's, you know, as long as he keeps proving that, that's, that's a, a, you know, a breath of, you know, that's a relief for this team so far because they, you know, I don't think they were sure what to do with Rosicka going into the season. And then, the job that Rosicka everyone thought was going to have going into the season as that fourth line center, I never fathomed that Sharon Govich could play that role. Like I haven't seen much from Sharon Govich uh, at all. I think he's a very timid player. I think there's so much that that he's missing uh, so far as he tries to find his way. He's a he's a lovely lad. Like he's a good dude. Um, I kind of feel bad for him because he's again kind of like those new guys last year. All this is happening pretty quickly, mm-hmm. but man, I think he's doing good. You know, I think he's that line looked really good last night. It's looked good for a couple games in a row. Um, he brings speed to that fourth line. You know, we all have to rethink. I think the way we look at the fourth line, we're always so used to it being that big banger crasher. Now they want it to be big and with speed, which is a, de- a tough combination to find. Um, you know, Greer and, and Dewar bring both of those things. Uh, I mean, Greer's not tremendously speedy, but he's big enough. I, I just think, you know, I asked him today, when was the last time you played center? He said five years ago in the KHL. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think his – I haven't looked at his face-off numbers, and I always think that that's a – I'm not real big on that stat anyway. But, you know, he they, – they say they got to work on his face-offs. But other than that, I, I think he's fitting in well. He had some pretty good chances last night on that fourth line. Is that – is that okay? And what I mean by that is they – I. by the way, I think it is, but they went out and they acquired him from New Jersey, and he was part of the biggest offseason trade they made. They signed him to a two-year deal. He's at a $3.1 million cap hit. Like, is that okay to have him as the number four center, knowing all those things in your eyes? Uh, it's better than him sitting in the press box, and I really don't see anywhere else he could be in that lineup. Like, they started him from day one of camp. You know this, Pat. Like, yep. they started him on that top line, and they were hoping, and everybody in the offseason had penciled him in as the top line right winger because he scored 24 goals three years ago, blah, blah, blah. And, we're, you know, I, I don't think I'm out of line by saying we've seen nothing. We've seen nothing that indicates he should be on any of the top three lines. Uh, he's not dangerous offensively. We'd heard about this shot that he had, that he was a great finisher. Uh, we've not seen him either get in position to kind of take that shot the only sign of that was in that shootout when he hit the bar it was a lethal shot it was great and uh, you know i think a lot of people really hoping for him of course to 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 finally get one and maybe get more confidence but uh he got the assist the other night on doer's goal and you know i i think uh, no doubt that they're disappointed that he's not fitting into a top nine role i mean especially when you trade your leading score from last year for the guy but once you kind of realize, okay, well, this is what we've got to deal with. How can we get the most out of this guy? Mm-hmm. Somehow, you know, I, I, that fourth line rule, I don't think anyone saw it coming, but it, you know, in the last couple of games, I thought he's been really, really good. I agree. And, and if that, if that continues and that's a theme that we see, maybe that's, 
exactly what he needs for that confidence. And and listening to Ryan Huska uh, on on Friday morning, he kind of said like, yeah, you know, right now that's that's where he's fitting really well. But we, if he continues to play well, we want to see if we can get him some other opportunities and see if we can't get him worked in a little bit more to maybe unleash some of that offense. I'm with you. I was thinking uh, as soon as he let that shot go and rang it off the crossbar. Like I, I still think Darcy Kemper is looking for that shot. It was out of uh-huh. nowhere and so hard. And it's like, okay, how do you how do you get that so he can use it more? Obviously, you can't get him on a breakaway or a penalty shot every night, but how can you get him to unleash that shot a little more? That's a really interesting thing. I'm curious to watch as the year goes along. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure the fourth line's where you're going to get that opportunity, but I did. I was struck by him saying that this morning. He said, a that's probably been our most effective line this year. That's, that's crazy. I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong, but you know, I think Dewar is the biggest reason why, um, but he also said that um, we need to give him more opportunities. And so I do think you'll see him from time to time on that second power play unit. I, I, I saw the other night the, he was – there was still about 30 seconds left in a power play, and they put the fourth line on. You know, and I'm, that's, that's pretty normal that you'd do that anyway coming out of a – uh, but they did have 25 or so seconds on a power play, and maybe that's what they're kind of hoping for, to give Sharon Govich right. that chance where maybe he can set up and unleash the shot. So, anyway, we'll watch. We'll watch and see. There's a lot of eyes on this guy, right? I mean, there was, you had high hopes for him. It's not worked out. Okay, what can they squeeze out of him? That's, yep. the, big, that's the big question. I hear, uh, I hear you're not seeing it like perhaps others are with uh, Huberdeau, though. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I have heard people talking about how the top line is shining and and I think you know. I just saw something online where you were talking about it, uh, and I, 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 and I didn't listen to the whole conversation. But if the headline is the top line is you know like shining, and I'm like I, I, I don't see it. Like I think it says a lot when the coach says that he thinks the fourth line's been mm-hmm. their most effective line this year, um, and 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 you know that's a compliment to the fourth line, but it also is kind of an indictment of the other lines. I think the best line by far has been Backlund. Whoever's with Backlund is always the best line I, I, this year. Anyway, I, th- I think that him and Coleman just work so brilliantly together. You talk about a group that can work the wall. Um, that, that trio with Coronado has been just fantastic. And and I know the, the stats don't support that. Like, I don't think Backlund has a goal. I, I look back, but, you know, and I know, like I saw Coronado the other day is minus five or minus six, and you know, a lot of that was because I think he was dash four against Pittsburgh in that third period, and none of them um, were on him. I felt really bad. That was, the, that was the most. Yeah, that was the most bunk minus four I can ever remember yeah. seeing. I I remember it after the game. I'm looking at the stats, and I'm like, I thought he had a really good game. <laughs> and then I see dash four again. That's another stat that not many people put a whole lot into. But I guess my point is just the stats don't really necessarily support that third line as being, you know, their best, but, but I think they have been in terms of turning momentum in games, putting pressure on other teams, setting things up for the next line to come out onto the ice. I, you know, I, Backlund has grown on so many people over the years and, 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 and more this year than ever before. I just like, wow, so many people, including myself for a long time, I just had this guy wrong. Like he is just such an incredibly complete, well-rounded player and now add the leadership to it. Um, the maturity, just the way he handles himself. Like, I, I can't say enough about Backlund. He's by far, by far to me, the best player the Calgary Flames have this year so far. 
I know somebody who's been saying that for quite some time. I don't know any names. Yeah. I just know somebody who's been saying I know. that for a while. You were right, buddy. You were right. Yeah! <laughs> Once in a while. Um, you know, the, the point on Huberdo that I've been making, I actually, the the five-on-five five line with with him, Lindholm, and Manjapani has been very, eh. Um, you know, five-on-five, five, I don't think they've been horrible, but I don't think they've been great. But where I do think that we've seen some encouraging signs from Huberdo is on the power play. Like, I think he's had some decent moments at even strength, but his, his power play work to me has been encouraging. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking for encouraging signs from Jonathan because they need him to be a far more impactful player this year. And they need him to be a guy who puts up points. They need offense from him. And so he's not, he's not your typical 200 foot driver. He's not your, you know, he's not, he's not a two way stalwart. He's an offensive guy and he does his best work in the offensive zone. And a lot of that is on the power play. And I just, I like what I've seen from him distributing. I like what I seen. I've seen from him in putting pucks towards the net. He is way more committed to putting pucks on net this year. I just find his, yeah. I find no, his, I find his passing and his distributing a little more dangerous this year. I, I take, I don't remember if it was Monday or or Thursday. I don't remember if it was Washington or Buffalo. I think it was Buffalo where there were those two beautiful passes he put on Kadri's stick and Kadri muffed them both. And yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, and those were high level passes. So last night, yeah. So I, I like, I like what I'm seeing from him specifically in the offensive side of things. It's not so much that I think he's been dominant because I don't think he'll ever look dominant. It's more just that you need Huberto to be an offensive leader. You need him to generate. You need him to put up points. And I've seen more signs that that's happening this year than I did really at any point last year. Okay. I I definitely agree with uh, that last part, especially certainly he's much better than he was last year. No question about it. And he's putting up points already. And, and I, if five on five, not, it's not doing much for me, but yeah, on the power play, it's good. But I think the power play is only three for 16. Isn't it something like that? Like they'd scored in each of the first three games, Mm but anyway, I I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not, he's better than he was last year. I'll leave it at that. There was a play last night. It's funny because I talked to Conroy. I saw him in the hall and we both kind of, laughed about it like with 43 seconds to go last night do you remember this Lindholm's going in and is about to score pretty much on an empty net and put the game away yep. and Huberto goes offside for for no reason there is zero reason in the world why he needed to make that play close by even kind of putting a dragging his foot you know like he, he just needs to stop and let Lindholm get into the zone and then the game's over instead it's blown for offside the the Sabers come back down, and who has to make a big block shot to to help preserve the win? Huberdo, and he looks like he's injured when he does it. He had to leave the ice, even though there was an icing. Uh, and and I thought, oh my lord, if if that little mental mistake either cost him the game or cost him you know an injury, boy, that would be awful. Uh, but anyway, he escaped from it, and he made up for it by making the block shot, and that's kind of the way. The coach was excited about the block shot, um, but the GM was like, "Wow, uh, I'm not sure why he went offside there either." So yeah, we, we I mean, don't go it. offside there. Like, yeah, just, just exactly. stop at the blue line. <clears throat> he was. That is a very good impression. He was <laughs> kind of like, "Gosh, gee, golly, you know, I can't believe it." But anyway, he he had a good game. So there you go. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, before we uh, 
before we transition topics and look at Friday's opposition, uh, quickly on the, uh, we're getting closer to the pizza pig out. Hey, we're like, what? Just over two weeks away from another edition of the Eric Francis pizza pig out. Yeah. And, uh, I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is we're, we're sold out. Uh, uh, well, I guess that's good news. It depends how you look at it. We're sold out of general admission tickets as we knew we would, uh, with uh, Joey Chestnut coming in. We've sold out of general admission tickets. You can still buy uh, VIP tickets, which is actually the better uh, way to go about it because that would get you in earlier, and you get to meet Joey Chestnut. Uh, we're going to do a Q&A with him. You can talk to him. You can get him to sign whatever you want to sign. Uh, and, and so the, those tickets are still for sale. And uh, the, if you go to ericfrancispizzapigo.com, we're auctioning off a chance to have lunch with him and I. Uh, if you want, if you if you pay enough, I won't come. If if you, that's what you'd prefer, uh, it could just be you and Joey and three friends. So four people going out for lunch with Joey Chestnut. That'd be interesting to pick his brain, the greatest eater of all time. And then uh, we're also auctioning off a chance to compete against Joey. And to me, that would be like, what a great present for your husband or your boyfriend or your wife or someone who you who you think, man, that that person eats so much. Like, I'd love to see how they. I'd love to see how they go head-to-head against someone who's considered the greatest eater of all time. So uh, they literally would be on the stage. Joey's going to do a two-minute eating contest against five contestants. Four of them are going to be celebrities who've won the eating contest before, and one person's going to buy their way in with all the proceeds going to kids' sports. So that auction's up live right now. And uh, get in on that action and support Kidsport and uh, and then get your VIP tickets. Website is ericfrancispizzapigout.com. It's November 2nd at Cowboys with VIP tickets still available at that website. One more time, ericfrancispizzapigout.com. It's uh, Francis Steinberg. And this hour of Flames Talk is the Eric Francis Hour brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Live Thoroughbred Racing is back every Saturday and Sunday at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. Post time, 1245. Visit the Horses.com must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly. Flamestock is on the air and streaming on the Sportsnet mobile app. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. Eric Francis Hour continues as Sportsnet's Eric Francis with us in Columbus. He's uh, with the Flames on this five game road trip. Um, I think it's time for a little bit of uh, story time with the uh, franchise right now. Um, you've got, I, I, I know you have at least one story. I'm told you might have a second story as well. Do we want to, do we want to dive in on your harrowing adventure from Buffalo to Columbus? Yeah, no, nobody cares, but it's just kind of funny how I care. You know, I, I, I wanted to make sure I got here to talk to Johnny Gaudreau today. Obviously he's kind of a, a name in Calgary. So, uh, and so I, my flight was, I had flights and I was going to be up at four in the morning to get. Through, I'd have to fly to Detroit from Columbus. No direct Columbus, Buffalo, or Buffalo, or Buffalo to Columbus. So anyway, long story short, my uh, my producer says he's driving. I'm like, wow, how long is that? He goes, ah, oh, it's about five and a half hours. We're gonna leave right after the game. We'll get in about three uh, thirty in the morning. I said, okay, you know what? That's actually better. I'll do that. Then I know for sure I'll be here in time to talk to Johnny at the morning skate. Blah blah blah. So we drive five and a half hours. It's raining. It's miserable. It's not a fun drive. And we get in at 3.30 in the morning in my hotel. Apparently, they they run off of a Commodore 64. She says, <laughs> I just, I'm just downloading, like, the daily numbers, and it takes about a half hour. 
And I said, well, I had called ahead and said I was coming at 3, 3.30 in the morning. Like, can I just get a room? I'm a little bit tired. And and she said, it takes about 45 minutes to download um, all the numbers. So I can't check in until then. So I, she says, but you can go sleep in the right across in the lobby. There's a nice comfy chair there. So I go sleep. <laughs> I sleep there for an hour. I said, can you wake me up when your little computer's working? And then she forgets. So I wake up at quarter to five, and I'm, I go to the front desk. She says, oh, Mr. Francis, we're ready for you. <laughs> so I got to bed at about 5.30 this morning and then got to the rink. And uh, I, I did all that so that I could talk to Johnny. And the coach, Pascal Vincent, called an audible late last night and decided instead of a 10.30 morning skate, how about a 10 a.m., uh, no skate, just meet the players, and then they can go home real quick. So I missed Johnny by 10 minutes. <laughs> All that, the rink. and All you don't that. even get Johnny. No, so I'm going to talk to him after the game, no question about it. But uh, And I did hear audio. He did a three-minute three minute chat. But I want to talk to him about a bunch of other stuff. So I'll have more on Johnny in my column for tomorrow. But uh, in terms of getting my man today, uh, he's a man of few words anyway. I'm not sure how well that would have gone. But uh, either way, planes, trains, and automobiles. Do you think he knew what your – Travel schedule was going to. Do you think he had some sort of premonition? Was like, you know what? Let's uh, let's call this audible, coach. Let's call this audible so I can miss Francis. No, I wouldn't give him that much credit. But <laughs> uh, no, Johnny and I aren't best friends, so maybe there's something to that theory. <laughs> no question about it. And and when I say I'm going to talk to him after the game, there's no chance he's looking forward to that conversation if I do catch him. And I'm I'm not trying to stir the up. I just want to chat with him. But uh, he remembers that I said for years that he was never going to sign in Calgary. And, uh, you know, I got one right anyway. Uh, <laughs> the other story I want to say, yeah. listen, we all remember, Yarmir Yager is 51 years of age. He's going to play again this year for his, his team in Kladno, which he owns. Um, the traveling Yagers, I'm going to talk about this on the TV broadcast tonight too. Uh, Trevor Freeman, he's known as Dallas Yags, D- Dallas Yogs, whatever. And he wore the Dallas, uh, they call him the modern, the modern Yogs. He had the kind of the bowl cut when when Yogs went with the short hair in mm-hmm. Dallas, and uh, he's uh, he's really struggling right now. He's got stage four cancer, and uh, the guys are off to the traveling Yogers are off to Prague and Kladno next week, and they're going to go play four exhibition games against different teams over there. What a great experience as the traveling Yogers, and uh, and they're going to uh, uh, go meet up with Yager. And uh, and they're also going to go watch a couple of Yager's team's games over there. What a great experience. But I bring all this up, A, to send, send love to Trevor Freeman, who, who, who's the founder of the group and who really could, could use some help right now. Uh, but the other thing is they need a goalie. If there's anybody out there who doesn't mind getting lit up, because the Yagers don't play the defense. They don't play, uh, they don't play the 200-foot game. They're, they're, right. they're finishers. They're not muckers. They're finishers, especially at their advanced age. They seriously need a goalie. And if anybody in Calgary is interested in joining them for like a trip of a lifetime, uh, you're going to go meet Yager and all this, and you're going to go over there and and experience a part of the world that you'd otherwise never go to, and you get to play net. Uh, I'm not really sure how I can get them in touch with with the boys. Like, Maybe they send a note to you, Pat, or to me. You can't DM someone if you don't, if they don't follow you, right? On Twitter. Uh, depending on your account, but most of the time, no. Okay. Or like, I don't know what, the, what to say to people. Like maybe, you know what I'll do? I'm going to put a tweet out, uh, about this tonight after the broadcast 
And if someone knows of someone who wants to go and, and follow these guys and, and be part of the trip, uh, put a comment after the, 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 the post for Yammer Yager, and I'll, 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 I'll make the rare move of reading my posts on Twitter and, uh, and, and I'll forward that number, uh, forward that contact information on because I think it would be a great opportunity. So remember when Yager surprised the traveling Yagers uh, when he was in Calgary? Remember that short-lived Yager in Calgary experiment? That well, might yeah, have been the highlight we'll of that- it. We will have video of that show because it's with Ryan Leslie. He loves he loves that video. So uh, we're going to play that again during the intermission nice. tonight uh, as we talk about the Yagers for sure. Um, I still, to this day, believe that had they signed Yager earlier and not signed him the day the regular season was started and he had time to have a proper summer of training for his age at the time, I still think it would have been a success. But... Uh, that's just me. I uh, I still lament. We'll the fact never that know. We will never know because that's not the way it what, happened. What a fun experiment! A, an experiment that sometimes you forget about because it was pretty brief. But it's funny. I I, I was talking to uh, Backland about things you collect. You know, like uh, what do you have at your house that means a lot to you? You know, I posted a photo recently of him getting a autographed Lanny McDonald jersey, and he's like, I got I got Lanny McDonald's, I got Jerome McGinley. I'm gonna get Kipper when he comes here. And I got Yogs, and I I was so scared to ask Yarmir Yager. I said, "Look, I, I'm I'm only going to ask you this once, but can you sign?" Because Yager was famous for not wanting to sign stuff. Yeah. And uh, and he went over to him with a with I think he had two or three, one for his father-in-law, one for himself, and one for somebody. Anyway, and uh, Yager signed it all for him. So uh, that I wish. I, I had an autographed Yager jersey. I, I got one for someone for a charity event. It's so funny. I, I went through all the work to get one for somebody, raised a lot of money at a charity event, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, that might be one of the few jerseys I get signed. And then he was gone. <laughs> he was gone. Yep. Yeah, it was not a uh, it was not a long experiment, unfortunately. It's the, uh, it's the Fra- Eric Francis Hour on Flames Talk. When when do you think? And and part of this is on us. Part of uh, this is on us in the media. But when do you think the Johnny Gaudreau story? I asked this last hour when talking with Logo. The text line chimed in. Most people, most people said never. It will never not be a story because people will always be sour about it. Is there a point, any point, where the when when Calgary plays Columbus, that Johnny Gaudreau isn't the first thing that we bring up? Yeah, that's a great question. I I think when he's playing in Calgary, it's going to be the biggest story for. Ever until he retires, um, I think when he's, you know, when we're playing in Columbus, it's like if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to see it. You know, did it really happen? Like I'm not sure there are going to be a ton of eyeballs on this game tonight. I'm not sure everybody's still fascinated with Johnny Gaudreau. I think most people in Calgary are kind of left to just say, "Well, he made a mistake." Like, hey, when I say he made a mistake, what his personal life decisions? Those are totally up to him, but. From a hockey perspective, I think most people in Calgary believe he made a big mistake, and 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 and, and that's that that's not for us to decide. It's for Johnny to decide. But we think that in Calgary. Do you think I'm wrong? Where I think most people say, "Hey, you went to an organization that, you know, yes, not going to be any. It's not going to be significant for a while, if ever. Uh, you went to a city where hockey doesn't matter. You you left a great situation here where you ran the city. Uh, there's just a lot of reasons. So I, I think that. It's already dissipating when the Flames come to Columbus, but when he comes to Calgary, yeah. big story for a long, long time. 
The uh, I know you spoke to Eric Goodbranson. You did get there to speak with with Goodbranson, so I'm glad you were able to get that in. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Blue ja- the Blue Jackets are they just seem so far away from being relevant. There was the Mike Babcock debacle just before the start of the season. They were so bad last year. I don't know what's happening with Patrick Laine. They've got Johnny. They've got Sillinger. They've got Fantilli. They've got Warensky, who's healthy again. But like I, I just. I can't really sit here and say that I've got any feel as to when Columbus is relevant again. Yeah, I don't. Th- I don't think. I think it's going to be a while. I don't, I, line A to me is, you know, they're they're trying this experiment, and there's I, don't, I can't see this thing working out where they want him to play center. It hasn't worked out yet. He was even harsh on himself yesterday, saying it's not. You know, I, I'm struggling trying to be a centerman. If you're asking a guy who's a notorious floater to be a 200 foot player. Like I just, I, I like the idea, but I just don't think it's ever going to work with him. And the coach said today that they're committed to doing this for like a good half season. And if it doesn't work out, eventually they'll put him back on the wing, but he'll be a better player for it, for going through this experiment. And they're thinking big picture long-term, which they have to, because no one thinks they're making the playoffs this year. But I will say Fantilli, like you talk to people in and around that organization and the, this kid, Look, he went to the NCAA last year and won the Hobie Baker, uh, one of only three players ever to win it as a freshman. The other two, Jack Eichel and Paul Correa. And, and that's a pretty, uh, you know, that's pretty significant. So why wouldn't he come here and think that he'll fit in right away? Like, he's got tons, tons of confidence, apparently. And uh, in a good way, though. They say the kid just really, he, he knows he belongs. And uh, so I think people think here he's going to be a big, big deal. And I think I kind of agree. Um, but the line A thing, you know, one, one thing was interesting today from a Calgary angle, the coach said, we asked him about Jake Bean and, uh, he, you know, he had a shoulder surgery last year, missed a good chunk of the year. Uh, I don't think many people were thinking he might even make the team this year here uh, in Columbus. The coach said that he's probably been their best defenseman so far this year, which is probably is great news to hear. Uh, you know, hitman, great player. Uh, had some injuries over the years and just kind of struggled to get make that jump to the NHL. But the, the, he says he's their best defenseman so far this year, which is great news for him because I think a lot of people think if he can ever kind of get it all together, this is a guy who can get 35 points a year as a defenseman on on a team, even if it's in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the it's funny as you're talking. Excuse me, as you're talking about Line A there, I was thinking to myself. You go back to that draft, Austin Matthews has turned into exactly what the Maple Leafs wanted him to turn into. He's one of the best players on the planet. Matthew Kachuk has turned into a superstar at number six, but has any one of two, three, four, or five come anywhere close to what they were supposed to be? Obviously, Laine's had some good and some bad. Dubois, same thing. Now he's on his third team. Uh, Pugliarvi's been a disaster. Yulevi's been even worse. Like that, that draft is is very clear now who the two best players are. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty uh, pretty clear, and they're good buddies too, uh, Kachuk and uh, Austin Matthews. So that's interesting. But I, the line A thing, uh, stay tuned, right? Like everybody is going to be watching this, and he's he's uh, you know that's one thing I'll be watching probably more than anything tonight. Like I just I'm so curious to see if this guy has any clue. Uh, or any of the work ethic needed to be a center in the National Hockey League. I just, I don't see it. And I was looking at his numbers in his career, and, you know, early on he was on fire. Like, he, I think he was far ahead of uh, Matthews at the beginning. Uh, but now, uh, over the last, you know, 100 games or whatever, he's just, you know, fallen off tremendously. And, and I think being in Columbus is part of it. Uh, he doesn't have a whole lot around him. 
here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everyone thought, though, right, the one thing when they signed Johnny Gaudreau was, well, that's going to be a deadly combo. Like, that Johnny Gaudreau setting him up and line A knocking him down, and it hasn't worked at all. And uh, and it's at the point now where they're not playing on the same line tonight, or even no, the same power the same play. This year. They're not even on the same power play unit at, at no, time. You're right. You're right. It's it's it, it's gonna be fascinating to watch. But yeah, suffice it to say, I'm not a believer that Columbus is going to be irrelevant anytime soon. When I saw the lines uh, from practice on Thursday from Columbus, I was like, "No, nah, whoever wrote that must be wrong." Like line eight center, <laughs> that no, they, they must just have like just put them in the yeah. wrong order. No, and then I went and I read some. No, they're they're playing Patrick Line at center. Don't I don't know when you think Patrick Line if you think high end two way game. Yet yet here he is playing center. I mean, I guess I I guess it really hasn't worked. To any extent, the way the Blue Jackets were hoping when they made that trade with Winnipeg, so I guess you try anything you can. So maybe, yeah. See if and it's it a new work. coach with he wants to look long term, like you said. I, I understand the reasoning, and uh, they are praising Line a for taking more of a leadership role this year. I mean, I think the big question is engagement, right? Is this guy engaged? Does he care? What's his give a crap meter like? And they were trying to read into this as being really good news that. This summer, he said, I'd like Adam Fantilli to come and live at my house. I'll try to mentor him and teach him. And I'm like, I think some people are like, oh, my God, that, I'm not sure that's a good idea. <laughs> but that's that's where it's at. And they're, you know, they're saying it's a great thing. Uh, we'll find out. You're uh, you're back home uh, after this game. Hey, you're not making the trip to Detroit, right? No, I'm not going to go to Detroit. Time to get home and see my family. And uh yeah, so I'll be. I'm not driving home. I can tell you that. That's <laughs> not. Uh, that's that's not the way it's working tonight for sure. That makes, it, yeah, that makes that makes good sense. We'll fly safe. We'll see you back here. Enjoy. Uh, enjoy your um, sit down chat. Your catch up with Johnny. I'm just, you guys will just go for beers tonight. So. Uh, oh my en- God! Yeah. Enjoy your night with Johnny tonight. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Enjoy the game. Have a great weekend. Bye, franchise. Uh, he's Eric Francis, Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca. That's the Eric Francis Hour. We do it every Friday here on Flames Talk. And uh, the Eric Francis Hour, as always, brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. Live thoroughbred racing is back every Saturday and Sunday at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. Post times 1245. Visit thehorses.com. Must be 18 plus. Please play responsibly.